You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of Legends of Runeterra. This episode is supported by listeners like you. To become a supporter of Legends Cast, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. My name is Mark and I am one of your hosts here at Legends Cast. And with me tonight, I have my legendary and ever faithful co-host, Dead Broke Nerd. Dead Broke Nerd, how you doing tonight, man? Uh, doing pretty good. Did not have to work the escape tonight, so it's basically just been a pretty chill uh evening pretty sure early evening We're recording slightly earlier than normal which i'm all about uh i've been getting into this show on netflix called uh dragon prince it is oh, the most dnd ass show it's and good. i love it i'm here for it it's so good so far it's good it's good yeah I, i've watched all the seasons of dragon prince so far it's good Dude, i'm loving it do you have amazon prime a video mm-hmm so Amazon Prime Video has a show on it called Tales from the Loop. Have you watched that? No. So that sounds cool. Tales from the Loop is based off of an RPG. So uh, a game, a guys put out an RPG called Tales from the Loop. You are playing a, a group of teenagers in the RPG from the 80s that never was. It's like a sci-fi version of the 80s where you're playing teenagers. Oh, like so Stranger Things? It's Stranger Things, but instead of horror, it's sci-fi. Oh, so it's not horror, and so it's like one shots kind of like the show i don't know if you ever watched black mirror i never really did but i know that like they're like one shots like each each episode is fully contained mm -hmm. so tales from the loop is like this sort of mysterious artsy sci-fi look at the 80s and it's following a group of teenagers from a town that is inside of the a particle accelerator loop and like all of these crazy wacky inventions make their way to the surface and the teenagers you know intersect with them and you're watching yeah. the story of a different teenager in town each episode it's excellent that sounds so cool i'm super here for that i love me some good old sci-fi i love 80s throwback stuff like so tales yeah. from the loop is the 80s throwback it actually is a really good rpg system too it's fantastic it's based on the apocalypse system and then they have released a second one which i own called uh things from the flood and things from the flood is after a particle accelerator loop goes uh, goes crazy and floods and you're playing teenagers in the 90s instead it's the first mm. 90s kids rpg um mm. and it is really cool i've not gotten a chance to play things from the flood but i have gotten a chance to play um tales from the loop a couple times the artwork in the books and in the show is absolutely amazing uh that so that there add that to your list of shows that you should watch 100% will do that. Yeah. That sounds really sweet. But that has nothing <laughs> to do with Legends of Runeterra, and that's what this podcast is about. So, uh, DBN. Right, I forgot. Yeah, oh, oh, my <laughs> gosh. This isn't a TV shows that we'd like to watch in the future podcast? Oh, I didn't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> tell us tell us uh, about what you've been doing in Legends of Runeterra this week, man. Right now, I'm looking at Legends of Runeterra update. So I haven't mm. messed with the update yet. And we're going to go over what all's in there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I um yeah so uh i mean we're gonna talk about the gauntlet so i'll reserve my gauntlet thoughts for that um so really besides gauntlet the main thing i messed around with was a experimental deck i actually 
like jokingly talked about it uh last week's uh, on last week's episode about uh where we were talking about like deck building and stuff and it's something i had like floated with um my buddy uh gibby or gibbles and bits in our discord mm-hmm. and we'd kind of like i'd kind of like floated the concept um and i kind of broke like just jokingly talked about it and like how my thought progress would go uh in the deck building segment last week and i said you know what why don't i actually just build the stupid deck um and so it's Swain Ezreal. Okay. Um, and it is trying to uh, kind of play a combo-y mid-range deck. Think like Karina Control, but that goes off a little sooner, uh, but is a little bit easier to disrupt. Okay, okay. Um, and so it's kind of got... And I typically don't go for decks with like two win conditions, quote-unquote, right? But it kind of has two like different win conditions that will uh, that feed each other in a weird way, uh, or really one feeds the other. Um, so what I uh, what I did with this is I wanted to play Swain with some Quirks map so that he could get elusive and go smack the face and deal three to everything. Oh yeah, uh, every true. time he swings, right? And with some Quirks map as opposed to like Ghost, uh, which I've seen some people mess with Ghost. Uh, from out of Ionia with some works map, it's permanent. Yes, uh, but so for two sticks. mana, right? And so, like, I can do it across multiple turns. Um, and so, what I kind of start the way I kind of structured it was, well, okay, like I want to be able to generate these some works maps, um, and uh, or not generate, but be able to draw into them pretty pretty quickly. Um, and so I'm going to need like that PNZ you know, card draws. So we've got like the rummages. We've got all of the, um, the things that create the, uh, puff caps, uh, mm-hmm, uh cards mm-hmm. in hand. So like the, the, um, little, uh, like the four drop guy that summons the two copies of it. Sure. And... So you get your puff cops, puff caps, and then, you know, get rid of them. Right. Yeah. So it's, uh, like clump of wumps. There it is. And chump wump. Um, and then I'm just kind of running a uh, a lot of early game removal, kind of like the uh, uh, Karina. So we got like thermogenic beams, mystic shots, uh, death's hand, which is kind of doubly nice to be able to smack the face later on when you've got uh, the leveled up Swain out there. Sure. Um, get excited and whatnot. Gotcha. Static shock. We got a couple oh, of like progress all of days. All of oh, it. we're we're all in here. Yeah. Um, and then Ezreal on three, and we really kind of want to curve Ezreal out, at least with this. I don't really – if we, we'll get Ezreal leveled up at some point in the game, mm-hmm. right? But it's not like a race to get – a you know, it's not Ezreal comboing out isn't the, the true win condition so much as, like, getting them to zero and using Swain to, like, kill their board when – like, because he gets leveled up pretty quickly with this, you know, as you yeah. can imagine. Uh, especially if you get the thermogenic beams early. You can just drop a five – five cost thermogenic beam and you know get swain pretty far up um so and i could see this going with a more um i could see myself tuning down some of the removal and like putting in maybe like crimson disciples slash like that package um just to have like a creature based form of uh hitting the nexus to level swain up faster but this is more like the idea of like slowing down the game you know killing off all of the elusives and whatnot when they get dropped onto the board um well, the that's inter- the uh, that that was the concept of this the interesting thing about elusive swain is he's elusive and fearsome both so not only can yeah. you only block with elusives <laughs> but you can also only block with elusives with three or more attack and there's less and less of those these days exactly yeah now, there's a um, lot of elusives got... that can't block him 
Oh yeah, well for sure. And the other thing too is like, I mean, I, I like the elusive, like the Ken elusive can get a get the win here uh, if if they get like the jeweled protector out like earlier, oh, you yeah, know, and get sure. the big buffed up elusive because then I have to spend two or three cards trying to kill it. Um, but if they don't get that like pretty early on, then usually I'm in a decent place, you know, lots of ways to kill those things. Um, but then the other thing is like, as uh, so Swain will go and usually kind of be that win condition, wipe the board, put damage on the Nexus, etc. Um, we got the two progress days. I've also running the two Leviathans to make sure I can get the Swains, you know, because if they kill the first Swain, I want to get a second Swain. So we got two Leviathans and Leviathan feels like a pretty nice option. I was also thinking Captain Farron could be worth putting in here as basically like a Ladros alternative, you know, a certain level of inevitability. Mm -hmm. uh, plus, you could also, if you really need to find something else, you could also rummage away those decimates, was my thought. Um, but, um, and then the other yeah. thing, the, just like any other Ezreal deck, you always have that option for Ezreal to come down leveled up and drop a couple spells, you know, rummages, uh, mushroom clouds, mystic shots, whatever. Win the game uh, that way. And win, like, close the game that way. So I've actually had several games where, like, Swain's come down, been a massive pain in their butt. They have to commit so much to get rid of him, and then they're pretty low. Ezreal comes down, play, you know, two spells and win the game that way. You know, get excited to the face. So it really, it's like a combo mid-range weirdness thing, but I've actually... I've played only three games with it, but I've won all three games. Um, oh, nice. And so, it, it, yeah, and I'm not against bad decks either. So it felt really cool in that respect. And and two of the three games I did manage to win because of Swain, um, whether it was ev even once they removed him, like I said, Ezreal came down and kind of like eked out the last little bit of damage. But like Swain with the Sumpworks map felt worth building this deck around, which was the concept. So I was very, I was very excited about it. I call it Sewer Swain. Sewer Swain. Oh, that's a good name. I know. I like coming up with that's with a the good names. name. I'm not. I'm well, not the best at the naming conventions, but I do like coming is, up. With isn't them, it Gibble so. and Bits who has like some of the best, absolute best oh, he's, names for he's decks? He's good at coming up with the names, man. Yeah, he's really good at. That's it. where I fail. I'm not good with deck names. I think we should I have only... people submit their best deck names in Discord, and then we Ooh. can we can tell people like review the deck, like sh show the deck list, give the deck name, and the one that we like the most each week, we can we can just say like, hey, this is the deck, and here's the deck name, and just like spot that could be it. fun. I that think we should, really do, that. Gonna do, we should that. do that. We're going to do that. Yeah, we're going to do next that. week. Next week. So that's what if so... you hear it, like show up in the podcast Q and A. Give us your deck list. In the name of your deck, and me and DBN will choose our favorite deck name and talk about the deck for a couple of minutes on the show. Yeah. No, I think that's be really awesome. Fun. For next week, we're doing fun, it. We're doing it. We're doing fun it. segment. Well, um, my week in Legends of Rutera was interesting for three reasons. One, I finished my last XP line. So I have no nothing to achieve anymore except weekly vaults. Um, every, I, I have gotten everything. So I have all the card backs and finished all of it. Um, I have also finished my collection. So I have at least one copy of every single card. There are only a handful of epics and rares that I don't have three copies of. And I think honestly, if I'm, if I, if I look through my collection, um, I was just scrolling through real quick. I think that there's only like three epics that I don't that I'm missing a single copy of. Um, there are a handful of rares that I'm missing a copy of. So I um I, I that's been sick. Like I, I I it's been hard to play a little bit because 
as a as a person who is a card game sort of i become a collector in digital card games like i like to have all of the options it was almost disappointing when i suddenly had all of the options and then i didn't really have xp to grind my way to um and so i'm gonna have to find something new that's gonna like really keep my attention in the game and, and honestly the third thing that happened this week has been that i have been participating in the legends cast discord league um we had a couple of no shows and so um i was asked um i was asked to sub in um by formula 408 and uh, i played my third match this week and i had a match against um martin kosh costume cartoon 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 uh martin uh, it's that's gonna be mark martin I'm gonna look it up because it's in uh, it's in score to report. make uh Matram Cawthon 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 uh yeah Cawthon. I actually don't know Mat Matram or Matram Matram Cawthon. Cawthon yeah that's sure. the name anyway um so I had my <laughs> I had my match against him this week and uh he was the first person to defeat um my uh Elise uh, not Elise I'm sorry Ash um my Ash uh lux mage seekers deck um my uh my my other deck is still undefeated um the heimerdinger lee sin deck which i still think might be the best version of heimer um i think it's much better than vi actually um and uh and so that uh, that deck did well for me um he beat my he beat my deck with his control deck because he he double ruination me throughout the game which is really hard to come back from <laughs> when you're a board centric mage seekers deck um i got hit with two ruinations and then we played an aggro matchup both playing a noxus deck and i just barely eked it out because i leveled up elise and was able to take a couple of favorable trades and it was like so close like if i had not won that round he a hundred percent beat me the following round um and so like he had the damage on board i was just able to challenge and get his guys out of the way to get my bigger couple of bigger guys through um well actually what what ended up actually happening was i attacked with two he took a, a, a slightly uh, he tried to he tried to block in such a way that would guarantee him the win next round, but did one more damage to him. It did one extra damage to him, but guaranteed him the win next round. And when he did that, it put him in range exactly for decimate for the four damage, which was one of the only cards in my hand. Um, and uh, and so it was a really fun match. It was like it was a lot of fun. I'm I'm like really really looking forward to the the Legend Cord, the the Legends Cast Discord League matches each week right now. Like that is super fun for me. It, it's been one of my first tastes of you know something a little more than just playing on the ladder in, in really any digital card game because i haven't done much of that anywhere and i mm -hmm. i just had have it was just so much fun um and uh and so i have really really enjoyed my matches so far um and you know it doesn't hurt that I, well i mean i'm not, i'm undefeated currently but that isn't that, that's not really the reason why i've enjoyed it so much i've enjoyed it so much because it's just kind of fun to get no, to get to know members of the community like you're you're, you're messaging back and forth on discord while you're playing your matches you know throwing out the ggs but also you know talking about the decks and what was left in your each other's hands and, and i remember playing magic the gathering on on the floor you know at my buddy's house and and the match would end and the game would end You'd be like oh my gosh i had these three cards in my hand and i could have done this next no oh, i would have done that i could have countered that and you kind of like saw if the game hadn't ended this turn like how it would have played out and we you know we kind of got a chance to do that through discord like oh dude i i had ruination in my hand did you have a deny no i i, I did i didn't have a deny but I could have, you know, will have I own you this guy back to my hand and, and refill the board and something. And so it was, it was really cool to sort of have that engagement back and forth around a game, which you just don't 
get when you play on the ladder. You never get to engage with your opponent outside of emoting. And so uh, that was that was really, really cool. And I had a tremendous amount of fun with that that week. So this week. So I once again, hats off to you, uh, DBN, and to Formula and to Jeff. They've done so much work getting the Discord League up and running, creating the rules, um, and making it all happen because it's really fun. Um, really, really fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's 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 been cool too to just see the excitement around it um in the Discord and people like getting amped up for it and sharing cool stories about what happened in their games. Like that's been a a really rewarding thing to see, you know. Um and if you so, want to yeah, get no, in on definitely. a future season, join the Discord now. You can kind of see how it works, read through the rules, and then when this season's over, we'll have a tournament um and then we'll get ready to boot up the next season, probably I think in September. Or is it in August? August, maybe. Uh, I it'll depend. It'll probably be. I th I'm gonna say September. September. Because I do want a break. I want. I don't want it to become so frequent that like ev everyone yawns when it's time to play. Mm -hmm. You know, I do. You know, there's something about like you do kind of want to cultivate something of a mystique surrounding sure. it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also want like enough time for people to kind of. Take a break from it. Get excited about it again. Yeah, you know how it let is the, with those things. Like let the meta change. A new set comes mm -hmm, out. New mm -hmm. cards are involved. New factions well, there. And, and we're gonna probably change up the. Uh, I I already have some ideas for how I want to uh, adjust the uh, format for next season. We did kind of throw this format together kind of hastily, and in such a way that we would not have to do so much uh, kind of back end work. Uh, but now that we kind of have a little bit of uh, you know, a baseline for how things are working. I do think I'm going to want to, I don't think it'll ever become super hardcore or, or really require any sort of big amount of work on the part of the players. Cause that's the whole point is to limit how much the players have to do to, to get in and start playing. Cause that's a no, I know that's a big barrier for me as a player is I don't want to have to like screenshot a bunch of things. I don't want to have to like, you know, put a bunch of stuff together each week. I just want to sit down and play some matches, but I do think there's some things we can do um to change it up and keep it fresh and that's what i'm looking forward to yeah yeah i, I think that will once again that will make it in and keep it fun keep it really really mm -hmm. fun um uh what, what do you say like there's some cool stuff in the news uh a patch uh the the uh the labs and we can talk about the gauntlet so why don't we go ahead and move on over to the news oh boy here i go Well, in the first part of the news, let's talk a little bit about the gauntlet. And DBN, you're, you'll have to kind of, I can talk more about the lab because I played it. I didn't get a lot of time for gauntlet because of the, the craziness of my weekend, but you did get to play in gauntlet. Um, it was a singleton gauntlet. Tell us a little bit about your experience with the gauntlet this weekend. Uh, yeah, I, so I, I got to um, queue up on uh, this weekend and play it. Again, like last week, I wasn't sure if I actually would... Uh, you know, would have time for it, but I did. And that was really cool. Um, and so I was able to play one run. And like last week, I'm pleased to report that I did get a seven win run on my first and only run, which like last week, you know, it was, it's kind of gratifying in, in one way because you're like, oh man, that's right. I, I'm not garbage at this game. <laughs> You know, because uh, mm -hmm. when you don't have much time to ladder, you start looking at your rank. And even though intellectually you're like, yeah, that that's not really that's not necessarily a reflection of my skill. Uh, it can be a little disheartening at times because you're like, oh, you know, uh, we really wish I could 
you know, get that up to the point, you know, where I could, I could know that I'm good at this game. You know what I mean? Like for sure. But you know, and not that, not that it's, it's not the same thing playing a singleton run, but between last week's seven win run on my first attempt and this week's seven win run, seven win run on my first attempt, I am feeling a lot better about myself. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, that, that was cool. Um, I played, um, I saw a lot of things floating around in the discord, a lot of people's different theories about what decks would be good. um, Different people messing with different things. And I kind of looked at those, but uh, I tell you what, I got, uh, I got the best advice from the person I've been receiving advice from my entire life. Uh, Deadbroke Dad. Oh, Deadbroke Dad uh, stepped in. Deadbroke Dad stepped in. He's like, "All right, son, listen up." Uh, so he <laughs> sent me a uh, he sent me a text. Uh, I guess it was Friday, um, and he was like, "Hey, I did the. Uh, did you do the um gauntlet. the thing yet? And the gauntlet yet?" And I'm like, "Uh, no, I didn't." He's like, "Well, you know, I'm sure you can come up with a better version or something, but I played." Uh, Bilgewater, Freljord mid-range, um, and I got a seven-win run with it. Um, just wanted to just let you know. And I said, oh, oh, that's cool, Dad. That's a good idea. Uh, and I said, yeah, all right, I'll try it. Uh, and so he, I was like, send me your list. So he sent me his list. Uh, and I said, you know what, let me take a look and, and see what he's running. And uh, I, made, I did make a couple adjustments uh, that I thought would improve it. And I think they did. Um, but the core concept of the deck is basically both Bilgewater and Freljord have some really good standalone value cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it basically turned into the good old fashioned mid range good stuff. Um, and I gotta be honest, it, it, it kicked ass. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I only lost one match. I only lost one match, uh, and that was uh, against a, a Heimerdinger list uh, that is an elusive list that had Heimerdingers, uh, and it hit. I was just stabilizing because, you know, Bilgewater, uh, with the exception of like one Citrus Courier, which actually I think I'd, I was going to put in and I took it out because I was worried I wouldn't be able to plunder efficiently enough. Mm. And I think that was probably a good idea. Um, but, uh, with the exception of, uh, that, like you really don't have much healing, uh, between the two that you can really play in a mid range shell. No. So I, so it really was just about stabilizing board through like high value minions and, and whatnot. And, um, it actually got to the point where this deck, uh, top decked a sub percible. Oh, uh, oh no. And I just didn't have anything to deal with it. And so they were able to just like, they were out of cards. It was, they were playing like an elusive, fairly aggressive, elusive build. Uh, and I was like, oh, I've stabilized. They've got no cards. And it goes to their attack token. I'm feeling really good. I've got like, you know, five, six health left. I'm like, this, I'm good. This is going to be great. Sub Percival. Oh, no. <laughs> so that was my only loss. I went seven and one. Uh, and the entire rest of the time, I, uh, I kind of crushed it uh, with pretty much against pretty much every other match. The only other one I struggled with, and I, I'm going to look it up because I posted it. And it was an absolutely nuts game that like, uh, you know, you're talking about, you know, telling stories about the games. I, I had to like share this in our discord. Uh, but basically we played one where, um, uh, let me, see. Oh, I cast it. Crap. There it is. Um, 
I was playing against this uh, Noxus Demacia uh, list, and they started off on turn two uh, playing Lucian, followed okay. it up with Draven on three, oh, followed geez. up by Grizzled Ranger on four, oh. followed by Garen on five, followed by Genevieve on six with their attack token, followed by Darius on seven. Oh. It was filthy. It was absolutely disgusting. And I still was able to win thanks <laughs> nice. to various like strategic, you know, freeze effects and you know all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, it was really satisfying. Um, I tell you what, the MVP of the whole thing was Sejuani, obviously. Oh, yeah. oh, but the true strong. MVP is the Tusk Raider. So I could go and find my one copy of Sejuani. <laughs> oh, oh, Tusk Raider. Tusk Raider is a game winning card. I mean that card. It was, that card just busts games. Like in the right. I mean, when you can double the attack and health of all of your minions. Because I was playing. I played Gauntlet as well. I did not do as well. I did Ionia. I did Ionia and uh, and Frail Yord, and I did a mid rangey deck as well. I think I went four wins, and then I got two bad two bad runs in a row. Oh no no! I was playing. Yeah yeah I was because I was also playing a copy of. Uh, Wrath or War Mother's Crawl. War, is that it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and I won a couple of games with that. And I got unlucky. I got one where they got Tusk Raider down, plundered Dust and got Tusk Raider down before I did. And uh and they won the game that way because it was just so like I could just not deal with the doubled attack and health of Sejuani. And um and then I played another one and I can't remember when I, how I lost, but it was a very it was a it was a really, really aggressive list, and I got a really bad draw. And um which can happen in a singleton matchup. I mean, sometimes you oh, just yeah. get a really bad draw, you know. Yeah. But I mean, think about like the and the whole point of, of the uh of my build at least was like just looking at how many raw good cards that don't need synergy. Now the plunder was a slight synergy and I was running Ash. So I did put like one of the, uh, of each of the good freeze cards in. So like one harsh winds, one flash freeze, one brittle steel, you know? Um, but it sure. wasn't really about getting her leveled up. It was just, she's a, just a, a good card in and of herself. And, you know, there's a lot of champs in, um, in that, uh, in frail yard and in um, Bilgewater that are just good by themselves. I the the champs I ran were Trendemir, Sejuani, um, Twisted Fate, Ash, Misfortune, and then I did run Anivia. But if I because I was thinking like uh, the deal one damage all enemies would help with plunder. But if I was gonna play it again, I would cut the Anivia and put Gangplank in. I think or oh, yeah. Brom. I would put either Brom or Gangplank in. Um, just because uh, Anivia felt a little slow on six still uh, for not having like the rekindle. Like, I think Anivia still is a great six cost play if you're like a control build that wants to build around, you know, rekindling Anivia or whatever. But this build, I was thinking it would be really nice that I'd need to plunder. But if I ever had the space to put Anivia down on six, I was usually winning anyways. Um, because was... Anivia doesn't defend well, doesn't really. So. I think I would just make that one adjustment, which would be putting Gangplank uh, or Brahmin. The other cool thing, this was actually the dopest play in the entire thing. I had a Rhyme Tusk Shaman, um, and I uh, I used um, Pilfered Goods or something, and I stole their, oh, what is it called? Uh, it's a four drop. Um, maybe it's a three drop. Where Where is it? Um, What's what's it do? A shady character. 
four mana, one, three, play, pick a follower, transform me into an exact copy of it. So oh, what I nice. did is, at, like, they played out all their mana and attacked and stuff on their turn. I played my Rhyme Tusk Shaman at the end of their turn. It started my turn, my first play, because I was worried they would kill it was shady character copying it i had two rhyme tusk shamans out because i stole their shady character it was so funny <laughs> wow that is that's fantastic yeah i i didn't oh, a shady a character in that would have been cool i might mine was uh so i ran leeson and zed and then i ran ash brahm anivia and sejuani um, and I think I would have dropped, maybe I dropped the Nivea and it was Trindamir. It might've been Trindamir, Sejuani, Lee Sin, Braum, Ash, Zed. Um, and, uh, it, it did do really well for me. I'm not going to lie. It did do well. I just had a couple unlucky games and didn't have opportunities to play a lot more. Um, but in addition to the gauntlet this week, we did get another new mode and that new mode is, uh, our lab. So we got our very first lab with the patch that came out this week. And the lab is called ARAM, which if you're unfamiliar with ARAM, ARAM in League of Legends is a one lane map um, and you get randomized champions. So you don't know who you're going to get. It randomizes from your collection. You get one of them at random and then you're on you know, a map and, and you just have one lane and you just fight against each other endlessly, right? Until one team breaks the enemy nexus. So it's kind of like that. So when you start the lab, um, you uh, you get to you get a, a list of, I think, four champions that come up and you can get rid of any number of them, very similar to uh, like you would any mulligan. And then it replaces the ones you get rid of with other random champions. And then based off of the four champions that you have in your hand, you get a random deck that works kind of with them i don't even know that it does um but you get a random deck and then you draw i think three cards you start with like a seven card hand instead of a four or five card hand or whatever and you start with three mana and then you just try to win so it's just kind of like a wild you don't know what you're gonna draw you don't know what to expect you kind of have to get creative um i played one round of it and won earlier today and it was a lot of fun honestly it was it was a great deal of fun i won with the dreadway which is really cool um and it's it's fun because if you you start with three champ you start with four champions in your hand like from the get go you're gonna have four champions in your hand and three mana so you can almost like I immediately dropped misfortune like turn one misfortune attack and that was kind of cool um, to be able to start off sort of that powerful you're not waiting around and letting your hand fill up with ten cards. Um, and the other thing about it is the aesthetic of it. Like they were so cool with what they did. Like, like you come in and the loading screen is completely different. The other loading screen, it's it's like these mechanical arms of Heimerdinger's turrets that are like holding up your your picture of your, your you know your profile emblem or whatever in your name next to your opponent. So then when you come in, the board is completely different. It's got these like mechanical arms all over, and even your health totals, like the Nexus crystals, are a red and a, in a blue light bulb that get cracked and then explode whenever you lose because you're in Heimerdinger's lab. Um, like everything about the aesthetic of it was like so creative and intricate. And it's like, you can't even spend money on these things. Like I can't go buy Heimerdinger's board right now. Like I was like, whoa, maybe they put it in the market and, and you could buy it. Cause I'd probably buy it because it's like next level board stuff, but you can't even buy it. Like they just put all of that attention just into the lab. Like they could have left the lab with the 
basically same aesthetics, maybe something a little bit different, but they really went above and beyond in creating a very different environment. Like it, the boards made me feel like I was playing something different, even though I was just playing a random stack of cards in the same game that I'm usually playing. Um, it felt very different because of the aesthetic, the sound effects, the the Nexus crystals, the whole thing was very, very cool. Uh, I, I was a big fan. Now, I am not the type of person who grinds these things. Like, when it, when we played, uh, when we used to play um, Hearthstone and you would get the, the Tavern Brawls every week, I would do it because I wanted the free pack. But after that, I would do it maybe maybe one or two times if it was particularly fun, maybe three or four if it was like awesome, but never more than that. And this is not the type of thing where it's going to be available for the next two weeks and I'm going to play it over and over again because that's really not the type of player that I am. Um, mm. But it was super fun to play once, and I think they did a really good job with it. And I could see why a casual player without a big collection would have a blast in that experimenting with a bunch of different champions before they actually crafted them. And I think that is a gold mine for them. I think that's awesome. Like if I'm a new player, I'm going to go play labs and experiment with a bunch of different champions well, that I don't labs, have. Well, but some weeks the labs may not be about experimenting with champions, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll be different all the time. Uh, and it's like every two weeks, I think they're doing something new. So they will be different, but, um, but yes, they won't always be that. You're correct. That's cool, though. I, I haven't tried it yet, full disclosure. Um, but I, I am excited to mess with it. I You did tell me there wasn't any rewards. Not that um, I can find. Not maybe. I mean, this is like the, it has the the Riot logo for like beta. Um, the beta logo, beta test logo. So maybe there will be rewards once it's out of that. But it, there's yeah, nothing right I, now. Well, and whatever. I mean, I'm sure they'll do it eventually. What I would like to see would be something like a, uh, just like a wild card every week that is like a rare wild card each week that has a chance to be upgraded or something like that. You know, I think that would be it. like, cause kind of like the Hearthstone packs, you know, uh, or maybe like, a, what is it? The, uh, or maybe just like a chest, you a know, capsule. Yeah. Like a, just a normal sure. capsule that could be upgraded would be really cool. Yeah. I think that'd be, I think that'd be fun. Um, and just to make it feel like it's worth trying and playing. I mean, I was pretty religious about doing the tavern brawls and Hearthstone just because what are you going to pass up on a free pack? Why? No. no, you just play it. Usually you could play it the one time, get the win and, and tap out, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I hope that they do more with it. it th this one was really cool. And like I said, the aesthetic wowed me. I did not expect them to put that much time and effort into the cosmetics. I mean, it's riot. I guess I should expect it. Everything they do is beautiful. Um, but I just didn't expect it, uh, and it was really nice. So be sure to get in there and check out that uh, that lab mode and, uh, and, and get a taste for what that's going to look like. Um, the other thing that came out with the patch is some card updates. A couple card updates. You got a couple of... Uh, yeah. little changes a couple just, of nerfs just, just like just a, just a couple i will say uh before we get into the the buffs and stuff i i thought of something just now that i really want to see them do for user interface yes um that i don't want to forget about by the end of the episode um and i was scrolling through and this is like a wish list you know dbn's wish list sure yeah uh scrolling through my decks here and I noticed that, uh, you know, I had a lot of decks and some of them were garbage or experimental things I had messed with or like an outdate. Like right now I'm deleting an outdated 
medalist, you know? Um, but what I don't love is that, uh, it's alphabetized. It's, it's, it's like set by alphabetical order. So like the mm. deck that I just made this sewer swain list that I really like, it's all the way at the bottom. I have to scroll down and find it. Um, Hearthstone would you could go through some convoluted ass shit, uh, <laughs> but you could set an order for your decks based on what the most recently built deck was. Mm-hmm. So literally, sometimes I would take the code, delete the deck, re-enter the code to get it sorted. And so I would literally—I I mean, it sounds neurotic, but I would literally do it so I could sort by uh, by class, like by uh, Hearthstone class. Really. Uh, I I would do it. It would just, I mean, it helps my brain mentally in selecting a deck when I can organize it. Um, I, I'm not as the most organized person in in life, you know, but when it comes to like my, my games and uh, my, you know, my, especially like, uh, you know, my card games, stuff like that, I was always pretty good about keeping my decks organized um, so that I could all quickly find the deck I wanted to play. Um, I would really like you to be able to manually manipulate the order in which they show up on your screen. Drag and move. Like just drag and drop. Just drag and drop. Yeah. That would be so helpful to say, I haven't been playing this deck very much. Let me drag it to the bottom. Uh, Or I want to arrange them all by uh, factions first, which wouldn't be as easy with the dual factions. No. Uh, But, you know, or I want to. you know, make sure that my the lists that I want to play for this uh, um, event are all at the top. I mean, I've seen where people have like put, like manipulated the uh, alphabetical order so that they can get their decks that they want to play in a tournament or in a, uh, uh, a you know, our Discord league at the top so they can quickly grab them. Yeah. Um, so I, that's something I would like to see is like a way to, you know, move around. I, I mean, I know it's like, not many people are going to think to ask for that, but it is a user interface thing that I haven't seen another card game, digital card game do, but that would just be so, so helpful. So I was just, I just thought about that and uh, figured it I would. would no, no, that. it would be a really nice little quality of life update. I agree, because I actually deleted all of my decks so that I could insert my three Legends Cast Discord League decks. Um, and I have LC, right? LCDL deck one, deck two, deck three. Um, and I have no other decks in my collection right now because I, and often it just says new deck, new deck, new deck. And I can't, I get confused about which deck it was, which deck am I playing? That's the new deck that has Lee Sin as the most expensive champion. Cause that's the artwork, <laughs> um, like that sort of thing. I get that. I get that confused easy. And I agree. That is a nice little, that would be a nice little quality of life update. That yeah. would be a nice little quality of life update. The other thing exactly. I wanted the other thing I want to highlight too before we before we jump into the deck the two the two cards that got changed um was the vault timing which came out with a patch. So um from now on you're going to be able to open your patch on Thursdays at 8 a.m. um based on your local time to your shard um instead of on Tuesdays. And originally they said that this week's vault duration will be extended to 9 days to make the transition. But then they tweeted that it is not going to be extended to 9 days. It will be cut and they will do a double vault. So as we're recording this on Wednesday, 
Wednesday, there is 11 hours left to level up my vault, and it will unlock tomorrow morning around 8 a.m. And so, Ooh, double vault. A double vault. So, if you can get one of your vault, if you can get your vault this week, hopefully, you'll, you, by the time you're listening to this, it will be impossible, but hopefully, you'll have been able to get your vault up to level five. So, you're able to get the champion wild card, then you're able to get a random champion, and then next Thursday, you're able to get a champion wild card again if you get, you know, to level 10. Oh, um, shoot. And so and I just re-rolled all I just re-rolled all my quests and got no 1500s. Oh, it's going to be a grind, buddy, tonight. Tonight's the grind. <laughs> Do you get XP from labs, I wonder? Uh yeah, and you can complete your quest in labs as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just wondering about like bonus XP and like the gauntlet's closed <sighs> at the moment, so you can't get that bonus XP. I Dang it. Don't think. I don't Expeditions. Think. Bonus Yes. For finishing an expedition. Yeah, you can get bonus XP from finishing an expedition. I currently have nine expedition tokens. So I have 13. Oh, yeah, you could use up no, some just of those. just kidding, 14. 14, yeah, you could use up some of those. You could definitely yeah, use I up some of those. Expeditions. Uh, I, I played them for a while towards the beginning. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I played them at five towards the beginning. And, and, and yeah, I haven't, I haven't done them since. So uh, yeah, I have a whole bunch. I have a whole bunch left over. Um, but uh, but yeah, so th- that's gonna go on. So just know that like Thursday is now Vault Day, um, which you know is a pretty big day for Legends of Runeterra players. It means you can't open up packs throughout the week. You log on on Vault Day to get new stuff, and that's gonna be moved until um, that's gonna be moved until Thursdays now. I'm pretty sure at some point during that last set of comments, I said something that was completely nonsensical because I read something that was in Discord and just read part of it while I was talking. Well, if it's any consolation, I was so busy like looking around for ways to get bonus experience that I didn't notice it. Excellent, excellent. Hopefully you didn't notice it, listener, as well. Uh, they changed two cards. DBN, you want to tell us? Can you? Are you able to you have it pulled up? Can you tell us the two cards that they changed? I remember it. Oh, good. Tell us which one. Uh, you choose one, I'll take the two. other. Um, okay. Uh, Solitary Monk. Uh-huh. Uh, Solitary Monk uh, was formerly the Ionia elusive three drop that had four attack and three defense and elusive. And when you played it, you recalled all of your other uh, allies. Mm -hmm. Well, same thing, but one less attack. This was a change I didn't expect. Yeah, me neither. I honestly kind of thought that solitary monk had fallen off. Well, I it's in the Kenku elusives, right? Like I don't look I haven't looked at that list recently uh because I don't play it but you know I think that the so I think conceptually they initially intended the um effect to be largely a downside right mm-hmm. with the potential to like occasionally do something cool with recalling something you want but I think recalling your allies has proved to be maybe just a little too useful especially in kingdom right and uh jeweled protector especially being absolutely nuts to bounce and it's also so good on curve too um because the little one drops you don't mind bouncing your little one drops especially the one that comes down and gets elusive the little one mana two one uh that comes down and only as elusive for the turn or your one or your omen hawk right i mean there's so many ones and twos that they don't mind bouncing and there's the one as there's the two mana two one i think that grows whenever you play another creature so if you're bouncing your one drops bringing them back down once you have that two one down um and that's grown up to five attack for one you know one turn like yeah i mean i think uh i think it's 
the recall has proved to be, and I think in an interesting way, proved to be too like better than they expected. What was initially a really big downside is basically a slightly limiting upside. It's a limited upside. You know, mm-hmm. th- there's not a ton of situations where playing the uh, solitary monk really, really hurts you. You know, so it's it's not a, it's not so much of a big deal. Um, which means that that four attack becomes uh, pretty intimidating, both on curve, but also later in the game when you're already getting such a nice upside by bouncing useful things. And you won't always bounce the useful thing, but as we just established, there are enough useful things to make it a boon as opposed to uh, a detriment. So, um, yeah, they axed one attack from it. I don't think that really solves the problem, but, you know, it does kind of help you stay alive maybe just a little bit longer. On average, two, three points of health each game if they drop it on curve. So, um, well, every time yeah. we go into an elusive cool meta, it. every time we go into elusive's meta, um, they take one of the elusive cars and lo- lower their attack by one. I mean, which signals, which signals to me a greater problem with the mechanic. Um, Silverfuse uh, put a little poll out on her channel or on her Twitter, I think, of what do people think the uh, if they could balance or rework one mechanic, what would it be? And like of like four options. It was actually a lot closer than she... She's like, it's a lot closer than I expected. I went and looked at the results, and it was closer than I expected. Um, but I think that's more... And I, I can go into this later. But basically, Elusives was at like 30% of the vote and was the most mm. um, by like 10%. So people clearly don't care for Elusives. The other mechanic that received a good amount was Nab, which I think if Nab is the one that people think uh, needs the rework, they are playing completely emotionally and not logically. Uh, Nab does not need a rework. I'm just going to put my foot down on this now and be the bad guy. Uh, Nab does not need a rework, okay? It really, in my opinion, doesn't even need a a balance adjustment. But, but, it got We've got another card here. Pilfered Goods. It moved from a two-mana burst spell with Nab 1, which steals a card from the bottom of your opponent's deck, to plunder and then and nab one and then plunder nab one more so you, you know two mana draw two at burst speed once you dealt damage to the opponent's face on a turn it moved from two mana to three mana um i don't know that that makes uh, I've, I've been trying to think because i played actually played a lot of nab this week because i had a i had a, a quest to activate a certain amount of pilfer cards for 1500 uh, experience i was trying to finish it this week and um I, I think i finished it over the course of two days and i then i got hooked on a heimerdinger tf deck and had a lot of fun playing sort of a controlly heimerdinger tf thing you know trying to level up and but i played a lot of draw in it so i could try to level up um my my tf and actually this deck might get better now because pilford goods being on three is actually better for heimerdinger than pilford goods on two to be perfectly honest with you Uh, because now i can you know uh brilliant experiment or whatever into pilford goods um and be able to get you know two elusives and two cards off of my opponent and a spell that costs six or more um but uh uh, it, you know, it's interesting. I, I think that I have been the proponent from the beginning that stealing cards from your opponent is generally not good. I will say this, that often the ability for an opponent to drop the black merchant, whatever or other, um, and, and steal one and drop its cost and then double pilfered goods to steal a total of five cards, getting five discounts on those cards in one turn. In being able to do that, quite frankly, pretty reliably 
pretty reliably because of the size of deck and just completely refills their hand with cheaper cards from your deck. I've been I've been the one that says you want to draw cards from your own deck, not draw cards from your opponent's deck. Now, looking at Pilfered Goods, I'm like, okay, is this actually better than Salvage? Because Salvage thins my deck without thinning out my champions and draws me two cards and I don't have to plunder and it's coming from my deck, not my opponent's deck. Um, and I mean, there are some synergies with Pilfered Goods still with stealing cards. However, with Nab, however, I think that there's a chance that at this point, Pilfered Goods becomes less of an easy tempo, grab a couple of extra cards and you're not sacrificing much. Um, and it becomes more of a, okay, I need to draw and keep cards in my hand for things like Heimerdinger and things. Um, and I think that salvage might just arguably be a better card for that in bilge water now Maybe a more reliable and better form of draw than what pilfered goods is I could be entirely off base on that, but I do think that this nerf Increasing two to three mana is a big deal. It's pretty big. It's a yeah. big deal. That's a that's a huge increase I in my opinion, I think it's a really big deal my issue i so like okay so i've i'm on the record that everybody needs to get off nab's case get off uh, of nab's because case. especially now that it pulls from the bottom you weren't going to get those cards anyways now i know like emotionally you don't feel that way but it's true you weren't going to get those cards anyways does losing and I, I don't i don't personally get where hey oh man i lost to my own card as opposed to their card. Now there is certain there is an element of well they would never have that in their deck and I, I you know I can't play around it. Well, you can play around your own cards if you see that they're playing nab. If they steal two of your cards, you're saying, "Well, what two cards could those be?" Yeah, it does increase the the you know that kind of the variables. You have more variables that you know it, it decreases your ability as a you know player to you know, predict or hedge your bets against certain things. So now there's more options that they have that they could have. But most of the things in your deck are, probably won't be relevant to a lot of the plays you'll be playing around. You know, like if you're in a, you're going into combat and you're saying, okay, they could have a mystic shot. They could have a, you know, a this or that or the other. Well, yeah, they could also just have an avarice and century, which they won't affect the situation. So I think there's a certain level of like you people, the, the kind of the, the the small brain is oh man like i won't be able to figure out what they can play it's like they got totally random stuff well no they didn't get totally random stuff uh they got your stuff. your stuff and you know what's in your deck hopefully um so that's very different from totally random uh and then I mean, the it's next no play different is, than okay, them drawing the right stuff off of their own deck completely randomly right well yeah i think the difference is like it could be now instead of it could be one of 40 cards now it could be one of 80 different cards well it's is one the, of 40 like an argument i've from, seen it, it, but it's one of 40 cards from your deck versus one of 40 cards from their deck if you can keep track right and so the my point simply being like you if you're worried about like oh man i have to play get around you know their stuff and now my own stuff too it's not really a, that big of a leap and if anything that creates a more interesting game in my mind i also like the adaptability it forces in the players that play the pilfer or the play the the nab stuff i like that it, it requires them to play with things that they they didn't know that they were going to have to play with or to utilize as opposed to yeah drawing your own stuff i i guess the the issue that i have with pilfered goods if anything i really hate this increase in mana cost by the way i really don't like it because i think the the main complaint that people had about it is a kind of a valid one that i think we would have whether it was uh pilfered goods or glimpse beyond 
or whatever, which is that it's a burst speed. I think that's truly the problem with Pilfer Goods, not uh, you know, the amount of cards, not even really the cost. Okay. I, I think the problem really is that it's burst speed. And what we what people have seen is uh they've and I've run into it plenty of times too. We're about to push lethal, or we're about to make a really big important play. They play Pilfer Goods and then they stop whatever stop your lethal push or find a lethal of their own or um you know trick a really important trade with your own card in that moment a second before they didn't have anything you know what i mean yeah. i think the burst speed was the problem i think they should have kept it at that cost and moved it to fast and let bilgewater have their fun a and let bilgewater have their powerful cards b i think there's this really frustrating thing that i'm seeing which is oh bilgewater bilgewater is too strong bilge you know the nab is, is too good bilgewater shouldn't be well wait so if you nerf nab is are we just okay with bilgewater being shit yeah because, because like that's their that's their thing that's their identity that's their uh, that's their most effective archetype you know and we i kind of talked with you about this before the show i don't really count deep deep is basically just a starter deck that with it which is like slightly modular you know what i mean in that like it'll always be basically the same thing Mm -hmm. you know it's not a mechanic that can extend out into a lot of other you know classes and stuff which i would be interested in seeing you know a future expansion allow deep to be played in other factions i think that could be really interesting yeah um, especially because like it, it, nab nab is the one that can cross like you know i was playing tf heimerdinger control nab and but you know what sejuani mf nab mid-range nab is a thing as well um and yeah uh, and it, maybe we would think about this differently if say like plunder wasn't exclusive like not like plunder oh sorry you cut out there i thought oh no 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 i didn't cut out go sorry go, go. you cut out there i hope i didn't talk over you too no, much you did not Oh, okay. Well, all I was saying is uh, I think if Plunder wasn't 80% NAB, we would have, you know, a different situation where, oh, people are crossing Plunder. But most of the NAB cards are tied to Plunder, which makes, like, thematic sense. So maybe the problem was simply they should have printed more Plunder cards that do different things. So Plunder would be crossing, not necessarily the NAB, Part that's crossing but besides like the the plunders that have nab on them you're looking at like uh jagged butcher the tusk raider uh or whatever that buffs all your one drops which is basically pointless yeah um you've got the citrus courier which is great but there are there's rally in a couple other factions and a lot of the other factions have better healing so citrus courier has really felt more like a if i'm playing a predominantly bilgewater deck i put the courier in but playing other decks i'm looking for more efficient heals and potentially, you know, the like um, a rally out of a different card, like Garen or or something like that. Um, so, like, Riptide Rex is the only here. thing that really characterizes Plunder strongly. Besides, besides, yeah. besides Nab. Nab. But even in that, like, when I get Riptide Rex played against me, I don't think about him as a Plunder card because I always get hit with a zero mana shot to my face into Riptide Rex. Like, I don't ever think of, oh, they got to set up Riptide Rex. Like, Riptide Rex in a deck that has Riptide Rex <laughs> is never the thing that gets set up. It always has the zero mana burst speed, deal one to your opponent's face, play Riptide Rex. I'm not even thinking about the fact that I'm avoiding Plunder in that scenario. Whereas early in the game, I do kind of think around, like, oh, okay, if I don't block here and take this worst block for me, they will get yeah. to deal damage to my face and be able to use pilfered goods against me because of the plunder or black market merchant against me because of the plunder. 
Well, yeah. And so I think that like, I think there's a lot of like emotion being, you know, levied in the direction of we hate this, change this. And I, I can't help but think that there's a little bit of a, of a peer pressure mentality that the devs have to be dealing with here on this nab thing. Cause this is now the second time they've changed it. And as opposed to elusives, you know, I, I don't really feel like nab is completely dominating everything. No. I don't really see how it can be. Um, I think that before they changed it and it was a healthy direction to, you know, promote Freljord. And I mean, we've been seeing Freljord get kind of small buffs here and there for a while now. Um, and some bigger buffs here and there too. So they clearly they want failure to be raised up, and that was a great way to do it. I had no issue with that. But I think that that's stemming from a larger issue of players are getting really, really vocal about this, and not from a win percentage standpoint, really, not from a um, you know power level standpoint, really, but from an emotional standpoint. And I kind of feel like this is a nerf that I can give. I can. I don't like it. I can deal with it, but this better this better be the last one. Or I'm going to start getting as a as a Bilgewater, you know, I guess I'd say a Bilgewater main, but that's not true at all, but I, I'm I really like playing Bilgewater. I really like the flavor of Bilgewater. Maybe that's coloring my opinion here, but I play all sorts of stuff. I get Bilgewater played against me all the time and I just don't see that emotional reaction being solicited i was telling you like i i was playing my swain my sewer swain list uh and i ran into a situation where they they plundered a couple things i play my first swain and they seven mana thermogenic beamed it i was not seeing that coming sure right um and i i was like well okay they did that uh and yeah it was annoying but i would have been just as annoyed you know had they uh uh had they played i don't know like um two mystic shots and uh, uh get excited if they had had those three things in hand i would have been bummed out if they played a, a vengeance and they were if they were shadow eyes i would have been just as annoyed i wasn't annoyed because it was my card i was annoyed because my swain died and i wanted to sump works map them in the face you know mm. what i mean uh i i just i i don't get it and i i i normally feel like i'm pretty good at evaluating when things are a little too busted uh, or when things are a little too strong and kind of, I feel like I have, after all the games I've played, I have a good feel for mechanical balance. And I have agreed that like, there are times when the emotional reaction of cards should, you know, be taken into consideration for buffs and nerfs cards that are genuinely unfun or, and this is a bigger thing, cards that, um, that damage the ability to build decks, which I don't feel like nab does cards that, um, that basically render the ability to make decisions, which I don't feel that NAB does, um, and cards that uh, basically shut completely shut down what your opponent can do. Uh, and I don't feel that NAB does that either. So it really doesn't meet those criteria for you know those those types of emotional reactions where players feel helpless. This is not a situation where because of the NAB, outside of maybe certain specific combo, right? In which case, I'm sorry, but that's the risk you play. That's a risk you make with combo is not getting your combo pieces, right? Um, and really, we're not, I don't feel like we have that crazy, you know, OTK combo decks that are really ever at the forefront in this game yet. I, although I did see one on Silverfuse's channel that was pretty interesting. Um, but all, I, all I'm saying here really is that I don't feel like it meets the criteria 
uh, to be an emotional reaction worth doing something about. And so them hitting pilfered goods, fine. I could get behind it because I did feel like the card was extremely mana efficient. I will give you that. I think there are a lot of other cards in this game that are extremely mana efficient. So if that's the only justification, I, I'm kind of annoyed by it. Um, I think the issue was the burst speed. And I that is still unchanged. I will still be playing Pilfered Goods, and I will still be drawing cards to trick trades uh, with the opponent unable to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with cards that I didn't have a moment before. That's the part which I think people didn't really like compared to, like, Glimpse Beyond. So that's still going to be there. And I just, I guess I'm just concerned, and I said this the same in Tessel. I get concerned when I start seeing devs... Um, placating yeah bow the community the community and i loved i've loved thus far um the you know the the team properly evaluating what's strong what's not strong so i'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt on pilfered goods even though i really don't feel like it was necessary you know but but it does worry me when things that i don't evaluate to be particularly powerful and i also don't evaluate to be particularly limiting um get hit just because somebody is mad about it just because people don't like it yeah um, i mean we don't because like there's gonna see. be just as many there's gonna be just as many people who do like it who don't feel necessary don't feel like it's necessary to go on and 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 rant about it sure because that's the thing we also have to consider and this is maybe a bad thing but, but a lot of people in all sorts of facets of their lives they don't go out of their way to say how happy they are when they like something. No. But they do go out of their way to say that they are unhappy about something, even if it's a minor thing that they're unhappy with. I mean, I went out of the way to make a little segment in this podcast about how I wish I could rearrange my freaking decks. <laughs> you sure. know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know what? I, I think that yeah, I, I agree with everything you said about Pilfered Goods uh, and Nab and the Mechanic. And the identity of Bilgewater. Um, and once again, I've been on the beginning, I've been on from the beginning and saying, this isn't a problem. This isn't a problem. This isn't a problem. I and I I I I continue to be of that opinion. Um, I understand why they did it, but I I hope that we don't see that too much in the future. But that being said, we did get a preview of some of the changes they might be making in the future, which is interesting. There's three of them. I just want to hit them really quick. The first one is adjustment to Heimerdinger's associated cards, specifically his bots. So there's there's probably going to be some adjustment to the three-mana elusive bot, I would imagine. It's got to get bumped up in cost. Yeah, it's either got to be bumped up in cost or it's got to become a 2-1 elusive, which would sure. make it funky. I, I just, I mean... I just would rather elusives be not so easily rewarded, whether it's a three one or a two one. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it's really. Would you be like, fine it, if it was it, like a six one and it costs six mana? It's yeah, easy probably. Of- I would be. I would be. I think actually just bumping it up to four uh, is actually a really good sweet spot. Um, I think that's a subtle thing, but like the four mana spells. I mean, I haven't looked through. I haven't poured through what all the four mana spells are, but you know, um, if you're playing a deny and you get an elusive, deny is kind of like a more defensive card and then you generate an offensive card you know what i mean Um, yeah sure that kind of feels less kind of dominating tempo wise but it also means you can't just hog your spell mana right play a heimerdinger play a three cost twin disciplines drop an elusive defend against an elusive or 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 attack with an elusive so like you know i I just uh i think bumping up to four makes it a little bit it creates a little bit more of an opportunity cost 
Um, and maybe and that, breaks like, it out of Ionia to. too. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, potentially, like, I, I'm looking at, uh, let me, I'm just actually going to do this. I'm going to look at four mana spells right now. You've got, oh, there's some interesting ones here. I mean, you have gotcha, but it won't count gotcha if it's on the turn that you draw it. Mm -hmm. um, but then if you look at, like, what some good four-cost spells are, you can pop over uh, to uh, get Salvage from Bilgewater. Fury you of the North from Froyo. Fury of the North, yeah. I mean, you still have Will of Ionia. I, right, I, so I think and deny. And deny. I think but you also the... have repost from Demacia, standalone, also from Demacia. Not that I think that's getting played much. Bloodsworn Pledge, that's pretty good too. It's kind of like a Twin Disciplines, but permanent on two things. Well, I think that but... you're right, DBN, about one about the 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 change in the cost. Because if it went to four, the real issue with Heimerdinger is is that if I'm riding three spellman on turn five, I can drop Heimer. I can drop what is it like brilliant experiment to put an elusive in my hand and give me three spell mana back. And then I can defend my Heimer with a twin discipline and get another three, one elusive all on turn five. It's an enormous swing turn. Whereas you can't necessarily do that with spell mana. And uh, when, when it, when it goes, when the elusive goes to a four cost instead of a three cost, like if you got a three, one overwhelm instead of a three, one elusive, maybe that's the better one or a three, one fearsome instead of a three, one elusive, um, you know, something that's, still aggressively statted but isn't an elusive i do i do like the fact that heimerdinger typically is a very good deck against the elusive decks and i like that it holds those decks in check but i do agree that there probably should be some amount of rework done to it um yeah, yeah. um so here's another interesting thing to consider um there are 35 three cost spells Jeez. in the game and there are, uh, let's take a look here, 8, 12, 16, 17 four-cost spells in the game. Oh, geez. You are yeah. literally having the number of options uh, that you have if you want to generate elusives as a kind of game plan, which is what Heimer is doing. Heimer's plan is stuffing three-cost spells much more than any other cost because of how effective elusives are, both in defending elusives, which I'm for, but also uh, pushing elusive damage against a deck that's not running elusives. Um, you know, so I mean, I think forcing them to dig deeper into some of the choices uh, or and just and while also slowing it down, I think that's a good thing. I would like to see decks more interested. I would like to see maybe some of Heimerdinger's other bots get uh, stronger. You sure. know, how about the fearsome bot? You know, like, let me, uh, I'm actually going to pull up Heimerdinger right here. Uh, let's take a look at, at Heimer. We're going to go over to units. Uh, okay. So the zero mana bot is fine. One mana bot is fine. Two mana bot is fine. Three mana bot is broken. Four mana bot. A four mana four one with fearsome is it's strictly worse than a three mana three one with elusive. So why don't we make the four mana bot down? We could switch them, by the way. We could do that. Sure. Um, but why why don't we make some of the other bots more more appealing? The four mana bot has one defense and the fearsome's cute, but like the elusive's much more all encompassing. I've talked about this before. I think fearsome is an excellent mechanic, despite it sort of being like elusive, because every deck can run every faction can run creatures with three or more power. Not every faction even has elusives, much less enough to be or good enough ones to put in their deck. Um, you have the the five mana one, which is just a joke. Five mana, five one. 
the quick attack's cute as well, but like five one, come on. The six mana, same thing. Overwhelm. What's with this one defense? And then you have T Hex, which inexplicably has eight defense. I mean, I get why they have one defense, which is if you're playing spells, you're also getting free creatures. Sure. Like we can do something to make hey, like Asheimer, what I, I kind of want to play a more expensive spell. And, and frankly, say, you know, I have to save up that mana for that spell. I have to hold on to that spell for later in the game. I think we can do a little bit better with making the seven, the six and seven mana uh, slots, maybe even the five, a little more appealing, and then maybe switch the three and four. I think you can do that to allow Heimerdinger to play some of the more expensive spells to be that to take up that cool factor without really, I think, taking up the efficiency of Heimerdinger. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I, I think that we're, we'll see. In a couple of weeks, we'll see. The other adjustments are a rework to discard units to increase their satisfaction and usability. I think that's a, that's a great thing because discard has just fallen off. I mean, it was the, the quintessential aggro, but now we went from discard to burn. And yeah. um, basically they're saying, listen, we're going to buff, which goes along with the next one, which is ad adjustments to direct damage on cheap Noxus units, which is almost directly uh, Imperial Demolitionist and Crimson Disciple. So they're talking about, let's bring down the burn with Crimson Disciple and Imperial Demolitionist. Let's increase the viability of the discard, which used to be something that we would use in sort of the Draven Chinks combo decks that were very aggressive. Yeah. And I think that that's a really, really good idea. I would love to see there be more than one viable, aggressive strategy. And right now, technically, elusives and burn are two viable ones, but I would love to see elusives go away, and I would love to see us get two more board-centric, aggressive yeah. strategies. Discard and burn, I wouldn't mind seeing both of those become a little bit more viable because it would give you a little bit more playability with inside of the Noxus faction and say, okay, I do want to play aggressive. I'm going to play Noxus. Do I want to play something more burn or do I want to play something that does a little bit more, um, you know, cool combo-y stuff with discarding? Um, and I would love let to me, see uh, that. Let me jump in here with here's what I want to see. Uh, here's the cards I want to see nerfed out of these early game Noxus units, okay? Um, I would like Legion Saboteur um, to be nerfed, uh, or rather for Legion Saboteur to say Nexus Strike uh, deal one extra damage. Mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to attack. Okay. Um, Legion Saboteur is just a little too good at one uh for those super aggressive decks i know it doesn't seem like that like the thing that really puts the nail in the coffin because it's not really but that wills you down so fast it's so good oh, at that. it can do a lot of damage very quickly i also it also is a card that it does like you can top deck it later in the game and guarantee yourself one point of damage to the nexus without it ever having to live it doesn't have to live it doesn't have to win a trade it doesn't have to do anything it's just one damage um i would like to see imperial demolitionist say play deal one to an ally to anything else do something else i realistically i would love imperial demolitionist demolitionist to play closer towards the self-damage archetype uh or be a more of a control tool i'd love to see imperial demolitionist say deal one to an ally to deal one to an enemy instead of the enemy nexus in, in, to an enemy unit mm. yeah instead of a nexus you could use it to like kind of remove some things i don't want crimson disciple to get hit I want everything around it that can use Crimson Disciple in the early game to get hit. That's what I want. Yeah, um, because you don't want to completely gut the self-harm strategy. Right, of the, Crimson, the Crimson strategies are struggling. 
You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. the Crimson Curator, Crimson Disciple, you know, Crimson Awakener, they, there's not enough there yet. And I want that to be a fun, playable archetype. But, I, I, but Crimson Disciple is being, you know, abused by a deck that doesn't really care about the synergy of it. They just care about that it's a good card. Um, and so take away the ways that they can abuse it. I think Transfusion could stand to see a hit. Um, I think some of the cards that would normally throw that damage to the face, like Demolition. So, like, Disciple wasn't really played that much in the aggro until Demolitionist came along. Yeah, yeah, and I was going to point that out, that it got much better once the Demolitionist came out. And, yeah, it's kind of nice to, like, oh, man, if they only have a two-attack creature, we can get that trade, uh, and it'll do a little extra damage as if it had hit the face. Um, but I think that it's obviously being used. I mean, sometimes they won't, they, the, uh, the burn deck won't even attack with it because they know they'll get more value once they draw their demolitionist or their transfusion. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the other card I'd like to see nerf that would hopefully improve this is Legion Grenadier. I think Legion Grenadier could have its last breath changed to be something a not burn, uh, yeah. B more controlly. Uh, or more mid rangey because we've been I've been talking about not uh, Noxus is not having kind of options for the early game for their mid range control decks that aren't aggro options. So can maybe we turn some of these aggro burn cards, just do a complete rework on them and make them so that they do something a little bit more useful for uh um you know, a mid-ranger control Noxus archetype, because I think we all can agree that, that we'd like to see that become uh, a little bit more prevalent. I mean, we talked to Saucy Mailman uh, literally about this topic, and, and he was like, heck yeah. I mean, he, you know, there's some really interesting cards, but not enough to really work with here. Swain being a, a really, in Swain and like the Leviathan being something that I would love to see become a little more viable and love to see some creatures in the early game really support that better than just burning the face, putting damage on other things, you know? Um, and so maybe just a, a couple tools. Like I think the demolitionist would be really cool. Deal one to an ally to deal one to an enemy unit. Mm -hmm. Still requires you to have another creature out, but it can help you set up some interesting trades, remove some one defense elusives. By the way, mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then Legion Grenadier. I would love to see the, that last breath be something that could pair potentially with like Shadow Isles. You know, mm. um, something that could. Hey, I want to glimpse beyond my Legion Grenadier. You know. Um, you know what else could be kind of amusing, although, it, you know, it, it's fl it's flavored to really just be um, it's flavored to really just be uh, uh, Bilgewater. Grenadier demolitionist. Why can't they summon powder kegs? Well, I was going to say, yeah, Legion Grenadier uh, last three, one last breath, summon a powder keg. I know that that could I be think funny that be like dope. he dies and leaves behind a powder keg for you to use. I think that yeah. could have been really that could have been cool. It is styled to be Bilgewater, but I still think it could that could be cool. I think that could be really, really fun. I think that's the farthest cross far fetched hope. But yeah, still, you you know what you could do, actually. And, and like Hearthstone, I think did this like one time. For one of their cards but this was actually they would do this in um uh old legend of the five rings where based on they would do like token cards but if the token uh was on a card like let's say um summons a spirit right well they would have they would print like a uh, little uh like card backers and you get one 
in each pack that you'd buy these mm-hmm. little uh card backers that would explain like a little bit about the rules or about the pack or like something like that and they do that i think sometimes in like magic packs and stuff like yeah. that at least they used to i think and those would be little token cards on the other side of them well what they would do is they would print tokens that would uh be different clan flavors oh, of cool. that same thing so if both the mantis clan and the lion clan the mantis clan summons little um you know they would summon these little forest spirits and but the lion clan would summon their ancestral ancestral spirits like their ancestors so you might have that same one one token right but one of them would have a little uh fox spirit on it and the other one might have a little um a little ancestor dude like in mulan mm. right um, and so like you, you could, see, we could see like the same card does the same thing, Different but they artwork. like change the artwork to be like a little Noxus bomb or whatever. That could be really, you cool. know, and for a digital card game, that's, I mean, you have to, I guess, get the artwork done. But besides that, I mean, it's very, it's, it's simpler. It's you simpler. switch out one image file, you know? Yeah. That could be cool. That could be cool. That- I think it would be dope. Yeah, so I can agree with that. One more argument for hiring me to the design team. <laughs> Great ideas over here, guys. Listen to the Legendcast podcast and hire us on Riot. Um, A podcast about all the things that will not come to pass. Yes, it is. But uh, <laughs> one thing that will come to pass is the end of this episode, which we are at. Um, uh, but I do have a. <laughs> I do have a. I have a closing thought. I have a closing thought. You ready? Here it is. Yes. And I thought I was already perfect. So uh, today was a strange day, and uh, and you know what? Like every everyone has these days, right? You get really frustrated, you get emotional. I came home and talked to my wife, and I don't typically. I mean, people know outside of this, I'm a pastor. I don't typically bring in any direct references to my faith. However, I went downstairs. I was uh, reading, and I, I, you know, of course, as a pastor, I read the Bible, which makes sense. Um, but I opened up to a book in the Bible called James, and it's a letter that's written. And uh, the there's one particular passage that really spoke to me, and I thought was super important for the current time that we're in and uh it, it's not deeply religious it's just really solid advice in in the book of james he says this he says my dear brothers and sisters so the people that he's writing to um he says take note of this everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry this was written 2,000 years ago, well before any of the crazy stuff that's going on in our world today. There was plenty of crazy stuff that was going on 2,000 years ago, and there's been plenty of crazy things that have gone on for the last 2,000 years. And with or without social media, people had the same problem. They were slow to listen, quick to speak, and quick to become angry. And this passage reminded me of that. And I slowed down, I quit being angry, I took opportunity to listen and I quit talking. And those things all helped me maintain sanity throughout the day. And in the world that we live in right now, I think that advice is really probably maybe the best advice that uh, that we can get for living lives um, that are, are well lived right now. And that is be slow to speak, um, quick to listen, and quick to listen, slow to speak, 
and slow to become angry. So that's my uh, words of wisdom or my closing thoughts for today. Hopefully, and my, my desire is that that will add something to your life in addition to what we add to your Legends of Runeterra uh, hobby. Um, and, uh, and so hopefully that adds something to your life. Like I said, maybe you'll find a use for it uh, you know, in the next week where you'll, you'll get in a situation and you'll just remember, okay, um, you know, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to be angry. Um, hopefully those, those three things will be things that you can remember. Um, yeah. Absolutely, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Those are my closing thoughts. Those are my closing thoughts. I thought it was helpful. That's a though. good one. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good one. So, so people need that reminder. I think I know I do. I need the reminder like, Hey, oh, yeah. just sometimes just, just shut up and listen. Like <laughs> it's a, it's a hard thing to, to train yourself for. And, and, it, and even if you're good at it, it never hurts to, you know, to, to remember that. Yeah. And it's not that we don't know it. We know it, but you're right. We need reminded and I need reminded of it all the time. And luckily yeah. I have an amazing wife and she helps remind me of those things pretty, pretty, pretty frequently. Um, there you go. Yeah. Then that's Easy. always good to have that type of person in your life. That person who can just be blunt with you, be completely honest with you and can remind you of things that you've known since you were young, but you forget so easily. Uh, there's so many things that we forget, but, uh, okay, well, let's get out of here. DBN, uh, how can people find the stuff that you're going to do? Cause we're, we're hoping to do another, uh, legends cast discord league match casted this week. Yeah, that's right. Hopefully we'll get that up, uh, by the weekend or during the weekend, one or the other. Uh, yeah, so that's dead broke nerd on, uh, YouTube. Uh, you can also message me on discord. If you have a question about the content, uh, on our episode, or just want to talk about cool card games or looking for deck list or have a deck list you want me to look at any of those sorts of things i'm happy to uh to chat with on discord you can join our discord uh in the show notes we have the link and uh yeah it should be uh should be a good time i'm also hoping to put up my uh ezreal swain sewer swain list uh at some point and awesome. uh hope that will of course go in a video on my youtube channel as well uh, this one is pretty off meta. I'm not even going to claim it's like good. Like I think the last couple of decks I've posted up while off meta are actually pretty good. Um, this one is maybe just okay, but <laughs> darn it if it's not a ton of fun. Yeah. You can find me over at twitch.tv slash the lift. I don't stream real often, but when I do, that's where you can find me and you can join our discord. There is a link in the show notes to join the discord. Please do so. Please join the discord also leave us a rating and review if you leave us a five-star rating and review on itunes you will get put in the drawing for the month of july for our legends cast Discord or legends cast hat it is a really nice snapback hat um and so uh make sure you leave us a five-star rating and review on itunes and uh and we would love to make a drawing at the end and hopefully you can win uh, one of those hats and we'll mail it to you um that is gonna do it for this episode that wraps up everything for this what is it legends cast season two episode 21 or 22 um thank you so much for tuning in and be sure to come back again next week thanks for listening to legends cast this episode was made possible by listeners like you if you want to become a supporter of the show visit patreon.com legendscast or leave a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts